0: Welcome to the Save Par Golf Podcast. I'm your host Derek. I'm your host Dominic. We are very excited about episode 77 as we welcome Dr. Saul L. Miller to the podcast. Dr. Miller is one of North America's leading mental coaches. He has consulted with teams in the NFL, NHL, Major League Baseball, NBA. European elite sport plus PGA tour golfers, as well as Olympic and National Team Athletes and teams in over a dozen different sports. He's an author of nine books, including his most recent book, which is called Winning Golf: The Mental Game. His website is Saulmiller.com, and you could reach him via email, dr miller at Saulmiller.com. Dr. Miller, thank you so much for taking the time and joining us on the podcast. Um pleasure, pleasure guys. Good to meet yeah, you both.
1: Derek and Tom excited to have you
0: yeah this is uh this is kind of a a one of a kind for us here um first off congratulations uh this is your ninth book right here for all of our youtube uh viewers and our
1: listeners check that out um i know before we hopped on there's like yeah this is the ninth book and i'm like i can't imagine writing a book let alone nine books it's
2: an impression uh, that's a lot very impressive Well, I'm sure we all have a couple of stories that we could share. And, you know, I spend a lot of time working with people, relatively normal people who want to be better. And whether they're playing hockey, they're playing golf, they're playing something. And we're all performers. That's a key thing to remember. We are all performers. And there's no question about it. Under pressure, a lot of people get tense. They tighten up. And if you're a golfer and you tense and tighten up, the ball just doesn't always go where you want it to go, absolutely. we we well, we can dive
0: right into that. I was uh, one of my favorite topics that you talk about is um well, a, the conscience breathing we'll we'll kind of talk about that a little bit, but the for, for me is I'm not a terrible golfer, but but uh, for example, we're on hole number two, and I'm on a greenside bunker, and I chunk it and I'm going back into the bunker well, the very next hole or maybe four holes down the road, my my very next thought is thinking, don't chunk that or don't, you know, it's not a, it's not a positive thought. It's a, it's more of an anxiety and a, and a frustrating thought. So the book itself really uh, has a lot of tools that I think most average golfers, whether you're a 10 handicap, 20 handicap or a competitive golfer can really apply. So, um, you know, going into it, the rhythm, inspiration, direction, the, 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 can you can you talk a little bit about that, about the, like managing the emotions and like the conscious breathing and, and kind of what goes into that? Well, you
2: know, let me say, uh, what we were talking about a little earlier is that in, in any sport, really, um, there's a disproportional focus on first the physical part of it, just kind of being in good shape. And then the technical part in golf, the real emphasis in coaching and in training is on the mechanics of the sport, on swing mechanics, the physics of it, you know, working on your swing, swing, it's all swing dynamics. Yep. And the mental side of it is virtually neglected. It's true. Almost any sport. I mean, I work a lot with hockey and it's all about being in shape and working on your shot and your skating and so on. But what about your mental game? And So I looked at what are the key elements, and golf is a particularly mental game because it's just you. And if you're creating a bit of tension, it gets expressed. The ball has no energy of its own. It gets its energy from you. And your swing gets tighter if you get tighter. And so what can I do to stay smooth? What can I do to be in that good feeling zone? What can I do to maintain a positive mindset? And these there are very simple techniques that I describe in Winning Golf, but uh, um, we can talk about a few of them. And it's funny, I have a client who's a, a, going to be a, a superb golfer. He's a high school golfer in Houston, Texas, a young guy named Rowan. And I was talking to – I had a session with him – I'm not sure if it was yesterday. It's today. Today is Ch- Tuesday. Tuesday. It was, last night, I had a session with him every Monday night. And <laughs> it's okay. I lose track of my days all the time, too. So I had to think about it as well. I didn't know what today was. I'm talking to a group of people. Actually, there's a, um, formerly the Golden State Tour is coming to this small town that I'm in, Varego Springs, for um, an event here in, in two weeks, a tour event. And so I'm I'm gonna be talking to some of these golfers that are coming in. And I said to this young guy, what do you think, we've been working together for a few months, what do you think I should be talking to them about? What do you think is most important in the work that we do? And he thought for a moment and he said, I think it's the breathing. And we'll go into this because the breathing is really key and it's key for four or five reasons in dealing with the emotional side of the game. But before we get even into the feeling part, it's talking about the focusing part. And I want my clients to know that they're good golfers or that they're becoming good golfers. I want them to have a positive mindset about who they are. I'd like them to define maybe three or four strengths that they have as golfers. Why are you a good golfer? Why are you becoming a good golfer? And they may say, well, you know, I'm long off the tee. My short game's good. I'm a good putter. Nothing, you know, if I make a bad shot, it doesn't affect me. Nothing takes me off track. Um, You know, I persevere, whatever. I want them knowing that. I I said, if you're serious about your golf and you get up in the morning, go in the bathroom to brush your teeth and you see that beautiful face in the mirror, it's saying something positive to yourself about your game you know, I'm a good player and this is what I do. When you go to the course, I'm a good player, this is what I do. So it's just creating a good feeling about that. And you know, I think everybody would agree, a lot of pros would agree, uh, coaches would agree, it's really important to see the shot you wanna make.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And they all talk about looking for that target, know what you're shooting for, see the trajectory of the ball going to that target, create the kind of muscle memory, create a couple of swings that create that feeling of that you'd get hitting the ball to that place, learning to incorporate in, this into a routine so that you kind of just feel good and have a positive picture in your mind when you get up to hit the ball. I think breathing,
0: what, oh, I'm sorry. I mean, Joe, I was going well, to you. I was just gonna say, I think breathing is one of those very simple Uh, exercise or or things you just don't really think about. And I I, I love the way that you kind of.
1: Yeah, it's definitely one of the most overlooked. Exactly. Things for your mental side of things, whether that's any sport, just in day to day life. I feel like people don't really take time to really breathe and connect with things, especially in sports.
2: I, I, I absolutely agree. And one of the problems, you know, if I just begin to start talking about breathing, people say, oh, it's just about breathing. So I'm trying to put it in a context, you know, like you should be taking a breath as you step up to look at the shot you want to make. You know, you see it. You should take a breath and take a swing. But the breathing process that I describe in the book, what I call conscious breathing, Mm -hmm. has three parts. The first part is just experiencing the natural rhythm of the breath. I really encourage people, and I outline very clearly in the book how to do this, and I tell people, read the instruction and record it so that you can actually listen to yourself, sit back and listen to yourself going through this process. But first, it's just getting into the natural rhythm of the breath, and I tell people, the breath is like waves in the ocean,
3: Mm -hmm. and you
2: can always find the waves, and the waves will wash away tension. You know, it'll just help you to feel more calm and strong. And so and, like
0: most most of your golfers that you work with, are you pretty much implementing all of these, these uh, steps, uh, like helping these players along the way? It's like far, far as focus on breathing and like being uh goal driven, different goals and things like that.
2: saying to you guys. Now it's almost like a, you know, a session. I want to know why they're good. I want to know what strengths they have. I want to see their routine. I want to be clear. Enough that I can picture it, but I want to bring the breathing into everything. And there's really, there's really four key reasons why the breathing is important. And the first is, as I said, it keeps you more calm and strong. Mm -hmm. The second is it keeps you in the present. Just as you said, you make a bad shot and it's like, oh shit. You know, I'm, I'm and you carry that into the next shot or the next shot or the next hole. And it's a a negative effect. And it's interesting. Um, And so breathing, if I think this breath, I'm back in the now. And this breath, so it teaches me how to get back into the present. Nice, smooth waves. And people say to me, you know, well, in yoga, there's all this kind of breathing. Or there's Wim Hof breathing. Or there's that kind of breathing. I mean, and I say, the waves go in. And the waves go out. I just keep it real simple. I like it. It Keeps you calm and strong, keeps you in the present. Another thing I always tell people is that self love, feeling good about yourself, really helps you to perform at your best. And the easiest way to love yourself is to take a breath. I mean, it's not like you take a breath and you say, man, wow, that was sensational. But it feels good. It does. The interesting thing, and this gets lost with people, is, well, I tell people, if if I want to get stronger, I go to the gym and I lift weights. Yep. I know this, but I don't go to the gym. So understanding what I'm talking about, but not doing the reps is not good enough. If every day you do this breathing routine, it's almost like a meditation. You take 10 minutes and you do this. Eventually, under pressure, you now have the ability to really regulate your intensity because you've done the work with this every day. It takes time, it takes training. And so the first thing is just rhythm. The second thing is drawing energy too. You wanna be inspired, you wanna be strong, you wanna be powerful. Draw the energy to you, there's energy all around. Draw the energy to you. And the third thing, of course, is directing the energy. And there's a part of that breathing exercise where you're breathing in energy and you imagine the feeling of energy flowing down your arms into your hands, right into the shaft and the head of the club. Energy flowing down the legs into the feet so that you're grounded. You really have a solid, powerful base. Energy flowing up into your head, into your eyes. It's almost like a big five-pointed star. Sure, you know, eyes, hands, and uh, I sometimes tell some of my clients. I said, you know, remember your strength as an athlete. You have the good, uh, good head. You have the good heart. You have the good hands, the good wheels. You know, you can be doing this kind of stuff. People think you're, you know, very religious, but you're just reminding yourself the good head, the good heart, the good hands. That's me sure it's creating the good feeling and the good focus
0: so we're 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 currently in minneapolis at what 40 degrees outside right now so we were talking about this beforehand you got all sleep 36 30 okay so in any case we still have Led snow the on the ground fell. yeah um so but all these all these different tips and again, the breathing, like that is something that's not very difficult to do, but it is putting that effort. Like you said, like, you know what to do now you got to do it and, and make, make it a habit. And, and I feel like,
1: I feel like it's one of those things people know they have to do, but don't take the conscious effort or the steps to make it a priority. And yeah. Not it. even a priority, but just like a little part of their day, yep. you know, cause it doesn't necessarily have to be a priority, but you just have to, you know, set aside 10 15 minutes. Breathe. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like stretching. Yeah. Like nobody stretches.
2: Dumb. I said earlier, we're all performers. I mean, yeah. we're on camera right now. We have to, in a sense, perform. I mean, somebody is, you know, a single mom who's got a job and two kids to look after. She's got to be performing all the time. I mean, we're performing. If we're in sales, we're performing. If any sport, we're performing. So, and I work with actors and I work with musicians and you know, I gave a talk the other day and most of the people there um, in this town, I, I went to the library and I said, I think it'd be a good idea to keep you have winning golf in the library. And the librarian said, oh, yeah, for sure. But would you give a talk in the library? So I said, OK. So they advertised it in the town and people, a whole bunch of people came. And a lot of them were golfers. Most of them were golfers. Some of them were pickleballers. That's becoming oh. popular. There was... Uh, dist- a couple of distance runners there. There was like, a hiker and there was a sculptor. Hmm. I mean, I said we're all performers and these techniques apply to all of us. All of us want to be in that good feeling zone. All of us want to have a positive mindset, you know? So these techniques actually apply to everyone, but golf is such a mental game. It's just you out there, yep. you know, you're, you're playing this offball, You're playing hockey. You're playing some other sport. There's other guys there if you're having a bit of an off night, you know, golf. It's it's just you. And it's funny in the book. There's one one chapter at the end of the book where I asked. I think five of my clients, three of them were NHL hockey players who I worked with for a number of years, not just guys I did two sessions with, but guys I actually worked with for several years. And then two NFL players that I worked with for a couple of years. And all of them have become recreational golfers. They've all sort of moved on in, in their lives. So I asked them, How did the stuff that we did, did for you when you were playing hockey or football relate, improve your golf game? And one of the hockey players said, and he played for 16 years in the NHL. He said, you know, it's much easier playing hockey than it is playing golf. He said, because you get pissed off in hockey, you just go and cross check somebody. Right. You can't do that in golf. You know, right. that tension is expressed and the ball starts going to places it's not supposed to go. We need to have a
0: book like this in every uh, golf cart because I feel like every weekend warrior is that 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 same uh mentality, the the shank the ball in the water, and then it's like they're all pissed off for the rest of the round. It's like they need to take yeah. some notes, right? Well, what can we do to
1: get one in every golf cart?
0: That's it. that's, <laughs> that's the question. We're gonna try to help yeah. you out with
1: that. That's situation. like the <laughs> Imagine just going to like your local place and be like, Oh, there's a book. It's a,
0: yeah, we're onto something yeah. here. It's the local golf library cart. You know, you got one in every golf cart that at every uh, local course. Um, we there's
2: kind of. Technique. What- there's one other technique yeah. I mentioned in the book and it's interesting. And that is I do a number of things with visualization. i we talked about visualizing the shot and, you know, visualizing goals. We talk a lot about goal setting, but also I ask, I ask athletes. I could ask you guys to pick an animal that would give you the feeling you'd want to have if you were playing great. I like so, that. I remember reading that. What would you pick, Derek? Well, oh God!
0: You know, I I remember some of the answers on there, and I'm trying to remember the animal they picked. But for me,
1: do you want me to go? I,
0: I, I'm going to say I'm going to say a shark. And I think that could have been one of the answers. But I think the reason for that, though, is I'm 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 a friendly person. But like once I get on the course and if we're playing for whether it's just competition or anything like that, I'm I'm a competitive person. I want to win and I want to take you out. So I I would say probably a shark. I would want to say like a tiger because of the Tiger Woods or something like that. But I don't think that's really nice. (laughs)
2: Well, it's interesting. He's Tiger Woods. You know, it's an interesting thing.
1: What about you, Dom? What would you pick? You know, this is why we have a podcast together, because I, the first thing you to my mind was like a fish, mainly because fish are fluid and always forward swimming I like that. So it's kind of like, you know how you're saying, you know, you can't get caught up on that one mental hiccup or the one physical hiccup. You just gotta keep swimming, and I know that's a Finding Nemo thing,
0: or 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 a, or a Ted Lasso, be a goldfish. I yeah, there you go, that, uh, that TV show. But yeah, so I liked it. For entry.
1: me, it's because it, I was like, ah, birds are free, but I'm like fish only. they're, like, they're free flowing, they're continuously going forward. Um, and then when when Derek said shark, I was like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, <laughs>
2: right. Well, it's interesting because I would say ninety nine percent of elite athletes are picking predators they're picking uh tigers i'd say probably 60 70 percent are picking the big cats tigers lions, cheetahs pumas panthers you know whatever a lot are picking wolves some guys are picking bears picking sharks picking eagles i mean you know greg norman was the great white shark and uh, Mm -hmm. tiger of course is tiger uh but what's the difference between the golfer who's a predator and the golfer who's the prey?
3: Yeah, you tell me. That's the same,
2: right?
0: It's a good question. Um, well, I think I think the,
1: the 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 I will say Derek's a little bit more competitive and a little bit more serious than I am. Mm-hmm. I go out there, and you know, we kind of alluded to it earlier. I don't really have a mental game for me. It's just kind of like I'm to me a bad day golfing is better than a good day at work like i love my job and thankfully i don't think my boss listens (laughs) um but like there's something about just like being out there to me you know you're just soaking it up and like even if i'm alone it's still just soaking it up with that like you were saying energy earlier there's energy in the trees the grass and everything to me it's feeling that so maybe it's mainly my laid back kind of personality where Derek's a predator because he wants to attack every shot and attack every green. Cause I remember one of the first times you played, you were like super aggressive and everything. And
0: yeah, I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty, I, I like to get along with everyone. I'm a pretty go with the flow guy, but like, so when I, when, when there's a sport involved or whether it's basketball, any type of thing, I'm it's just like a switch that just, yeah, flips. kind of a competitive nature. So I think that's kind of the main difference between
2: Well, but it's interesting because, I mean, Dom, you do have a mental game. And your mental game is to chill and enjoy playing the game and enjoy being out there. And, of course, you want to make great shots and good shots, but you're there to really enjoy the play.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. As as I said, most elite athletes are picking predators. The, The major difference is the predator steps out to make something happen. This shot is going there. The prey is more tentative. The prey is more like, I, I, I hope this works out. And there, there's that, there's that <laughs> element of angst in there. And as I said, the ball has no energy of its own. It gets its energy from you. And if you're creating a bit of tentativeness, it, it interferes with the smooth flow of the swing and the smooth direction where the ball is going to go. So that question, it's actually a very interesting question.
1: So would you say it's better to be a predator versus the prey? Or do you think there's like a place for both in the game?
2: Well, I think if you really strive to be an uh, an elite player, if you really want to be the best player you can be, if that's your priority, I definitely think being a predator is, is, is what you want to, uh, there's a, a case there. It's a tr- true story of, um, one of my clients who's on one of the lesser tours. You know, I mean, this guy came out of college, you know, aspired to play in the PGA, and he struggled for a few years in these lesser tours. And he was struggling, and he came to see me, and we went through this process. And when I asked him to pick an animal, he chose an old, he said to me, an old dog. So I said, really? Hey, what kind of dog? And he said, a Golden Retriever. Well, Golden Retrievers are nice dogs, right? They're really dogs and comfortable dogs. And what he was telling me was his confidence wasn't there. He had been playing well, but he was fading late in matches. Some of it was anxiety. And I said, you know, uh, the Golden Retriever is not going to cut it for you if you want more. And I said, I want you to rethink it. And he came back with a lion and he started. And I say, when you're walking down the ferry, walk like a lion. I mean, and he said, I felt better doing it. Now, this is just mind shift, you know, and I don't think it's by chance that Woods was is Tiger Woods. He was the best golfer in the world. I used to work with a hockey player named Dave Tiger Williams. I don't know if you know of him. Mm-mm. The most penalized player in the history of the National Hockey League. 4,000 penalty minutes. Wow! This guy, and a really good player. I mean, he scored 30 goals one year in the NHL. But this guy, when he was playing junior hockey, and there was some rap on him that he wasn't the best skater, that he wasn't going to play in the NHL, and he said, oh, Yeah. You know, it was that kind of thing that drove him forward. So mindset is important. Is there what what are the ways that we can manipulate how we feel? Being clear about what we're working towards, having clear goals, having steps towards achieving these goals, talking to ourselves in a positive way, creating the feelings, working with breathing, to have to feel more calm and powerful, you know, and it's very Interesting. What happens when you hit a shot and it goes off, you know, slice off to the side, a lot of guys just, you know, they th- throw their club, They, you know, they swear, whatever it's in the book. One of my, one of my f- good friends, who's a fanatical golfer, this guy, Billy, uh, Billy Walker, Billy's 91. And he shot a hole in one about a month ago he, wow. on a regulation um but anyway he was telling me you know his his enthusiasm for the game has kept him going i mean he plays 3 4 times a week and he shoots his age at 90 and um he said to me um i've seen so many people over the years get upset on the golf course throw their clubs smash a club against a tree swear he said i saw one guy one day he picked up his golf bag he was so pissed off he threw it in the pond. He stormed <laughs> off to his car only to realize his golf keys were in the golf bag.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's a good story. I
0: like it. That's awesome. Would you would you say that like the like when you when you're helping uh these these golfers, right? I mean majority of the issue is is pretty much all Mental, correct. Whether it's like anxiety or just not thinking properly, because you'd you'd feel like the physical part of the game. Once you're at like a a, the collegiate level or you're going to a lower tour, like they all have that swing. They all know how to hit the ball in the fairway. They all, for the most part, right? Would you say like that's really the main difference to kind of setting yourself up from being an amateur or to to the next
2: level as as a pro? I think the mental part is huge, and I think it's it's shockingly neglected but i think there are other elements too uh did you i don't know if you've had the chance to watch there's a netflix show called full swing yep it's it's a good show and it gives you some insight into the preparation and watching it i was really impressed with how hard these guys are working physically now i mean i think that's changed and i think tiger was part of a shift in that direction But guys are really working out physically; they've got to do things, and uh one of the golfers I used to work with, and now he's a very in- insightful golf coach is Jim nelford, and he's right. in North Carolina now and nelford's very critical of the way the swings are taught. He said there's so much tension and torquing and being uptight that he feels it actually generates more um More adverse brain activity, it creates anxiety. You know, rather than you think of a lot of sports where there's just more flow. In baseball, the guy, the lower body steps in and and then you stride into it, and you know, pit a pitcher strides and then the arm follows. Mm -hmm. In golf, a lot of it's very rigid and uptight kind of stuff. And he said it makes people uptight. So I think there are elements, there's a lot of elements. It's a complicated complicated game. Uh, and the precision game, you know, it's not like, well, it would be easier if it was like just how many shots to hit the green. You right. Know? Exactly.
0: Um, like in your opinion, mentally, what is the, the what is the toughest sport? I know you've worked with all sorts of different athletes all over. Do you have like a would you say it is is, is, is go- uh, someone that plays golf or what would you say?
2: They're different. I mean, they all have their challenges. I think tennis is very difficult, too. You're on the court by yourself for a couple of hours. And it's the same thing. If you're not playing well, you start to get down on yourself and it just exacerbates the whole thing. It just gets worse and worse. The individual sports where you have to keep performing are very challenging mentally in that way. You know, sports, I worked in the NFL and I've worked, you know, in the NHL. Those physical sports, as this guy was saying, you can bang somebody. You're starting to get upset. You know, you can express that upset. You can't do it in golf. And this is interesting. I hope people can see this clearly. There we go. Perfect. Yeah. This is something that shows the relationship between performance. So this is performance. This is maximal performance. And this is emotional intensity or you could say pressure for that matter. And we see no intensity, performance is low. But as people get more and more dialed in, now they're in a good zone. They're feeling good and they're playing at their best. Now they're starting to try harder. They're getting uptight. They're getting frustrated, whatever, and performance drops off. And this is where the elite golfers have their issues. They start you know, they, they're they dialed in. They want to play well. They're not just going around the course and having a couple of pops and, you know, just being super ca- casual. No, sure. they want to do well. And if it's not going well and they're watching the leaderboard and, you know, um, it's in so many sports when you know that the scouts are watching you or what happened, you start efforting a little more, performance drops down. So I ask, you know, I'm always asking my clients, On the scale of one to 10, what number would you be at your best? And, you know, most people are somewhere in that range of, say, I'd say six to eight. Mm -hmm. And um, so I I say, okay, let's say, you know, you say seven and you're feeling 8.5. What can you do to smooth it out? And again, it's how you talk to yourself. It's taking a breath. It's staying, but you have to practice this so that when you get away from away from the ring, away from the uh, uh, course, course, so yeah. that when you are are actually under pressure, you have something to fall back on. You've built up enough of what psychologists would call habit strength to really be able to maintain some modicum of control. Otherwise, it's like, and I have a technique where I show people how to create extra tension, let it go, and take a breath. And that will clear the screen for a moment, and then you have to put in a positive thought. So That's it's, what again, we all need for the first T right there. That's what we all need. <laughs> yeah. Right? Well, that was the it, most. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, it's interesting. In the book, I mentioned there's one chapter on the um, sub-60 club. Mm-hmm. These are all these PGA guys who shot rounds less than 60, and there are not many of them. And uh, I'm I'm trying to find out what's the common parameters. Of course, they were all putting lights out. Um, But there are two guys I describe in the book, and I've talked with them at some length, who shot the best rounds ever on a regulation course, and that's 55. That's wild. I, was a
0: Jim Fear Because one of the guys that shot a 50, he was at eight or 59, I think. But he's, I think was eight. he shot a 58
2: yeah. or 59. Yeah. But two guys shot 55. And one of them, the first guy ever to do it was um, Ryan Gibson. And I was talking to Ryan about this. He, he's been on the tour and off the tour on lesser tours and so on. Nice guy. And he was saying that that day that he did this, it wasn't a PGA event. He was playing with some buddies. He drove to the golf course, and they had a really good country western song on the radio. And he said, geez, man, that song is just going through my mind all day. I was kind of singing that song. And I said, well, you know, breathing is cool. And, you know, if you're singing, it's, you know, he said, well, he wasn't breathing, he was singing. And I said, all will write through that round. It just kept him flowing. It kept him loose. And, you know, Tom Watson said, when I learn to breathe, I learn to
0: win. And that's that quote point. actually typed in here. I wanted to mention that because that's a, that's a
2: great quote. I never
0: even knew that that was a, a quote by Tom Watson. So
2: yeah. I love it. And Curtis Strange said something like, when you, the most important thing that you can do under pressure is breathe. Mm-hmm. So these are guys who, you know, some people just do it intuitively. I mean, you know, nobody trained them. They just do it. But if you, again, you do the reps, you have that strength. You talk to yourself in a positive way. You learn to see the shots you want to make. I remember being at the Canadian Open and Mike Weir and Vijay Singh were battling for the last couple of holes. And Singh hit a shot that... Kind of went off to the right. I mean, for me, it would have been a fantastic shot. But for him, it was, it was off to the right. Was yeah. He stood there, imaginary ball. He took a swing and looked like saw the shot he wanted to make. And I'm sure he said something to himself like, that's me. Whereas most guys hit the lousy shot. And they go, shit. And I throw the, get upset. And they just set up the next
0: one. Yeah, that that's impressive. Do you know the? Uh, I'm not a big country western uh, um, music fan, but if you have the note, I'm, I'm I'm trying to shoot a 55. So if you can figure out that song, you know, let me know. Listen,
1: I'm trying to shoot. It. I, <laughs> I
2: want that song. Was. I mean, I was I say, ask, I'm pretty sure. And then I went and listened to the song. Um, did you shoot a 55 after that? I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Maybe if for- we're gonna.
0: No, but I was, you know. was that—that's exactly what I was to say. We could do that on on a front nine or a back nine. But
1: so, um, other than breathing, my favorite part that you talked about, and what I think would really help people. Um, can you kind of dive into what a smart goal is? Because I feel like we're Derek and our kind talked about this earlier. I feel like everybody's, and you say in the book, everybody says, "Oh, my goal this year is to get better." Mm-hmm. Well, how can you physically? get better, you know, like, what kind of goals can you set to, like, attain that?
2: Um, I, I, let me just find the song, and then yes. I will.
1: Sure, sure.
2: Um...
0: Actually, I remember, I, I didn't mean to put you on the spot about the song, but I, I was going to say, because I I, just, I read that, that chapter, and I'm trying to. I'm
1: trying to mark it, because you mark everything.
0: So, well, I normally mark everything, but I ran out of my little post-its that i market so i was just taking pictures on my phone and that's how i was keeping track of everything so
2: around page 85 well maybe you know maybe Next people maybe people should buy the book and then they'll that's find <laughs> that that's what we're
3: we we gonna do right there okay. they'll if what they want to like.
0: find out how to shoot a 55 yeah. get this book and we'll uh absolutely we'll obviously put the link on there too for it, uh on the when we post but,
2: but, but I, yeah the whole goals i like that we we get more of what we think about you know when i'm working with somebody the first thing i'm telling them is that the mind is like this amazing supercomputer and you're the boss it's your computer if you don't like what you think or you don't like how you feel change the program and so what we're talking about is creating programs that really give them an edge and you know if you really aspire to be a, a serious golfer or a serious athlete a serious anything set some goals. And what Dom mentioned, the the idea of a smart goal, the S is for make it specific, write clearly, write down what that goal is, you know, to make it very general is not going to really have the same impact. The M and smart is make it measurable. Mm -hmm. If you can quantify it, then you can see if you're progressing towards that goal, moving towards what the goal is. what is the a um what's the a dom oh god
0: well i while you're looking at i was gonna say the the thing i like about goals is that that's something that you should make whether it's something personal whether it's work related and and i know i'm a very goal oriented person and so that whether it's short-term goals intermediate goals those are things that you know you you can bring that into golf do you want to shoot Maybe for the end of, by the end of the season, you want to at least have one round of, in the seventies, or something that you want to, you know, you have a long term goal for the summer, uh, and then a, you know a, sh- a short goal. Whether it's like I just don't want a three putt, or maybe limit my three putts is a short term goal while I'm playing a round of golf.
2: Well, I tell like this young golfer I was talking about, Rowan. I t- ask him every day. He's because he's a high school golfer. He's going and a very good one. He's going out every day and he's training. I said every day have a have a goal. I suggest you know you get a little book, just a small little book this big, and you write down today. I'm going to work on my putting line. Yep. And today I'm going to work on my my short game, my chipping, and give yourself a score at the end of the day. But so it should be specific. It should be measurable. It should be A is attainable. It should attainable. be something that you can realistically do. Achieve, if yeah. it's a goal for the day, what can I attain? Let's say you say, I want to shoot 70. Then that's a great goal. Where where am I now? What are the steps I have to do to achieve that goal? And then um, it should be something that's uh, attainable uh relevant. Yeah. relevant relevant absolutely and it should be something that has a temporal you put a temporal uh, fix on it so it's something i'm going to do this week Sorry. or this no, month timely. This yep. exactly yep and that's kind of like something that
0: i've never really incorporated in 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 the game of golf for for me it's it's more or less i'm a competitive golfer and it's try to shoot the best round that I can shoot. However, like I think the whole part of eliminating my three putts, because putting is probably the most difficult part of That's the hardest part for me. I think that's for probably most average golfers. I feel like putting is is pretty difficult. So like going into this season, my lowest round I've ever shot was a 76. So, but, you know, I'm also playing. Not, not playing nearly as much. So my my goal is to try to play, you know, once or twice a week, try to get into the mid 70s a few times a year. And then again, mainly focusing on my putting is kind of my short to intermediate we goals.
2: We want to eliminate the word try, Derek. Try is I like that. we throw it away. Dom, if ever you hear him say try again, give him a shot. So we eliminate <laughs> the, the word I love it. Smack it a little. Because try create creates tension. It's not what it, one of the great slogans in sport is Nike's slogan. What do they say? Just, just do it.
1: it. Just do it. It's beautiful. So I'm going to keep
0: that. Try equals tension. I'm I'm actually
2: you
1: take, put it in your positive. I'm going to put that
2: in there. Yeah, I'm, I like it, that. My Wife always says try to try is to lie. That's even better. I like that too. To um, so it, it just. You know, if let's imagine that you're um, a football coach and you have one of your safeties or one of your uh, defensive backs is up against some guy who's a really good receiver. And you say to him, I want you on this guy, like, you know, white on rice or something. Yep. And he says to you, I'll try. You say, don't try,
0: just do it. Just do it. yeah, I love it. I just
2: took, I just made note of that right there, so i I, I appreciate that. Um, well, but it's you know it's it's simplistic, but the way we talk to ourselves makes a difference, and that's what we're working with when we talk about focus, feeling, and attitude. And with focus, it's how, what we say to ourselves, it's the images, the movies that run through our mind. And we can train ourselves in a direction that really helps us on the golf course. And then there's the feeling part, which has a lot to do with breathing and getting that feeling of energy flowing through the body, getting the good feeling. And the attitude thing really has two two areas. And one of them is, um, I guess, commitment. You know, and I define it kind of, are you willing to do what you have to do to achieve the goals you want to achieve? And that's why we go back to you know, setting clear, smart goals. I think you might've said
0: something, right attitude. Almost, almost anything is possible. Attitude is a matter of choice and we get to choose. I think that's something that I kind of made note of. And I, I think that's again, simple, but very effective. As long as you, I mean, attitude I, is everything.
2: I was on a plane years ago. I was flying somewhere and I was talking to this, Was sitting next to this woman, uh, First Nations lady. And we were talking and, you know, what do you do? And, you know, she was curious about what I did. And and it, we were talking about attitude. And she's the one who said attitude is a matter of choice. And I said, wow, that's a keeper.
1: Powerful. And I love it. Yeah, absolutely. My grandmother would always say that to me. She would always tell me that, you know, if I'm bored, I chose to be bored. <laughs> if I'm in a bad mood, I chose to be in that bad mood. You there don't, don't want to hurt. she's right, you
0: know. know, Exactly. Dang it, Grandma, you're always When I was little, I was like,
1: (laughs) no, you're wrong. And now I'm like, yeah. Like, if I'm in a bad mood, that's because I choose to continue to be in that bad mood and I choose whatever put me in that mood to keep eating at me.
2: But so I'm saying in the book, if your goal is to be the best golfer you can be, if that's truly your goal, then whatever comes up, you've got to use it. If you don't use it, the flip side is, it can use you. And that's exactly what that VJ Singh example was about. He hit a shot, and they said Gary Player did the same thing. He hit a shot. It wasn't if, if it was a perfect shot, you use, use it. That's me. Acknowledge yourself. It builds confidence. Yep. If it's not a good shot, use it. Take a breath. See the one you wanted to make. Think that's who I am. And then recreate that on the next hole. Then you're using. it. If you see elements in your game that need to work, you can say, "Oh, I suck," or you can say, "Hey, I'm going to use it and work on to improve in these elements." I so love it. It's it's very interesting. And one other thing worth mentioning that impressed me, Tim Galway. You know that name? Uh, it, it rings a bell, it but I, I yeah,
0: I'm not I'm not too familiar. <laughs>
2: Holloway wrote a book years and years ago, back in the 70s, called The Inner Game of Golf. I mean, okay. The Inner Game of Tennis. Sorry, The Inner Game of Tennis. He was a tennis coach at Harvard. And he realized that people, his students his, that he was coaching, people have two minds, what he called mind number one and mind number two. And my number two, if you've been playing a while, not a little kid, but you've been playing a while, my number two knows what to do. And in tennis, my number two knows how to hit the ball. My number one is like this little executive mind, your superego. It's always watching you. And my my number one doesn't trust my number two. So my number one is always telling my number two, you know, move your feet, get the racket back, you know, be square. You know, follow through, whatever. And he set, kept realizing that this chatter, this chatter that was going on, was interfering with the natural flow of the game. So he came up with the idea to give my number one some activity to keep it busy that it wouldn't interfere. And what he came up with for tennis was bounce hit. So it, he got his students to just say bounce hit, bounce hit, bounce hit. Bounce hit. Bounce it. And then they were just playing naturally. And he... Now I know then, why the name sounds familiar, because
0: it's in your book. That's right. He then... Yeah, wrote I didn't say that name rung a bell, but yeah, when you said he, the mind
2: he, one, he, mind he two. yeah, And in golf, he came back with a da, 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 da at the top of the backswing, swing does you hit. I just make it simpler. I say, breathe in, breathe out. Breathe in, breathe out. You know? And... He uh, And he went on the intergame. Of, and he has a very in- interesting guy. Well, when I was talking to Ryan Gibson, I mentioned it in the book, I was talking about mind one and mind two. And he said, you know, I did talk to a psychologist years ago. And the guy said to me, you know, I should give that part of my mind a name. And I call it the weasel.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Sometimes he wants to tell the weasel to, you know, yeah. F off. You know, the leave idea. me alone. <laughs> we have that chattering thing, and that's why we have to be able to talk to ourselves in a positive way. See the things we want to, you know, create. Be thinking smooth. Be walking like a lion. Be on the hunt. Be positive. Creating the mindset. Creating the vision. Creating the feeling. And then suddenly, our score is going down, down, down. Well, I can't wait to. Uh to
0: uh, email you or message you and, and, and let you know how much my score is going down by by reading this book. Like I said, I'm going to take these right now. It's 40 degrees, like we had mentioned, or 30, 36. But um, I definitely uh, am eager to to use these topics. And I know we've talked a lot of different talking points in the book. Um, uh, But I wanted to know, like, how long did it take you to write this book? And like, what are some of the challenges that goes into writing a book? Because this is your ninth book. We talked earlier, we couldn't imagine writing one book, let alone nine. So like, well, it's
2: it's it's like a lot of things. There's a lot of things we'd like to do, but you know, it's making having the determination using those smart goals. Dom, you use your smart goals, and you can write the book. You know, it's well. I mean, let's say you have an idea of, I'm going to write a book about podcasts. Okay, so you you say, the super podcast. You put that in the center of your theme. Then you start writing like spokes on a wheel, you know, what are the elements that would go into making this really good? And sure. then you, you know, start writing about one of these spokes and then you start, you know, if you have experience with it, you start talking about what other people have said about different podcasts. And, and, you know, I worked with a lot of golfers. And so there's a lot of stories and then it's fitting the stories into this structure and um giving the good coaching advice fitting the things in about the elements I think are important and in that golf book there's probably 75 golfers at least that we're quoting through the book Mm -hmm. these are you know the best golfers in the world coming out with thoughts of substantiate the various things that we're talking about so it's like how do you go about doing it first? I mean, it's having the desire to say something and I've written a number of books and a lot of my friends were always saying to me, so you got to do a book on golf, you know, uh, golf is such a mental game. You got to do a book on golf. You got to do a book on golf. And then finally I did a book on golf. You did it. You know? Yeah.
0: I love yeah. it. Um, I'm sure we've already kind of you've kind of already answered this, but you, you have all sorts of great advice in this book. But if there's like one piece of information that you would suggest to any amateur golfer, what would that piece of advice be?
2: Well, I'd almost like to give three pieces of advice. One, I, I like what mom said earlier about really enjoying the game. Enjoy your time on the golf course. If you can do that. The core human emotions are love and fear. And when we love something, we move into it, we expand. When we fear it, we contract, we tighten up. If you can love to play the game, love to be out there, you know, love to have the freedom to take a few hours to play. So I'd say enjoy
3: it. And then I think, I think,
2: Work at creating a positive mindset by the way you talk to yourself and see yourself creating the thing that you want to make happen. You know, there's an amazing story of Jim Carrey. I'm sure you read, you know, you've read about it where, he, you know, he was family was struggling financially and he went to LA and he wrote himself a check with a date on it and they made check out to him for $10 million, said he was going to get paid $10 million. And sure enough, at the time several years later, when that check would have come due, he got 10 million bucks for making, I think it was Dumb and Dumber. And he says about that experience, you don't just write the check and then go out and have a sandwich. It's like you write the check and then you gotta do the work. Yep. But So I'd say, be clear in your mind what you want to make happen. Enjoy playing the game. Get some positive thoughts and positive work of imagery to make it happen. And maybe to me, the most important thing is learn how to create the feelings with breathing, conscious breathing, that really help you, sustain you shot after shot, day after day, in in whatever you're going to do.
0: But those are great answers. I love that. Um, so if someone wanted to reach out to
1: you. Oh, hold on. Oh, oh, we, we didn't ask my good question. Oh, okay. We, we got I another question. So sure. we were kind of sitting around and we're like, oh, yeah. do you think he like watches sports and goes, ah, they should have been breathing more or like, oh, they should have been, you know, maybe he's thinking right. Yeah. And then
0: he's like, I can help that guy with that. Do you
1: ever like find <laughs> yourself going, wow, they should have done this, this, or this differently?
2: I just feel, I, I absolutely, I see people at times who it tends to be that they they, they kind of look upset. They're not enjoying themselves. They're not enjoying what's going on. They're getting frustrated. And I absolutely, I think I could help that guy. There's just a guy, I won't mention his name, but, he, you know, just he's been struggling. He struggled in the last Masters. Masters coming up next week, he's struggling. In the Texas Open or the Texas tournament they had last week. And I said to a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, Brian, I said, I should be talking to that guy. Absolutely. You see that all the time. Or I was watching uh, one of the NHL goalies who's a really good goalie, been struggling. And I talked to one of the GMs and I said, I should be working with that guy. So absolutely, I do say that.
0: Are you, I mean, obviously we're talking about the, the, the winning golf book, but as far as like, you have a wide range of customer base and, and clients, how, how often do like for a golfer, for example, I mean, is it a couple of sessions? Do I mean, does it go a couple of years? Like typically what is like, how does that work? If someone wants to reach out to you and, 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 and need you need your assistance, like what, what, what do you offer and how long is
2: that? Normally I would ask for a two or three session introduction. So three sessions to get people going. After that, that's sometimes that's all I see people. And sometimes mm-hmm. I'll see them for years. Okay. I mean, the guy in the NHL, I mean, I saw him for like 10 years. And I might see him 20 times during the season. I we do it virtually. And you know, for him, it was like I wasn't his coach. I wasn't his dad. I wasn't his wife. It was somebody he could talk to about what was going on, and you know, just give him some feedback in a sense. Number number of people people I've worked with in all sports that I've seen for years. But it's really, I would say a three session introduction would give people the tools. The first session we go through the basics. The second session is usually about two weeks later when they've had a chance to practice this stuff. and and the third session is, maybe a month later when they've really sort of been working with it and do some adjusting. And sure. then there, but you know, people say, well, I've got a big tournament coming up. I've got NCAAs. I've got whatever it is. And they want to just go over some stuff. And, and usually we're going over the same, we're just tweaking the same thing. It's fine tuning and reminding people, getting them to, you know, to love themselves. Sure. Remember what we said, that self-love, feeling good about yourself, is something that really helps you to be at your best about anything. Yep. And the easiest way to love yourself is to take a breath.
0: Well, Dr. Miller, I really appreciate your time. This has been fantastic. And uh, again, um, love the book, and I can't wait to uh, use these techniques in uh, different ways. Uh, um, like the breathing and all that, take it right to the core. So,
1: and you could even use it in different parts of life.
0: My shark, my shark, uh, is gonna uh come out on a, on hole number one in the first round of golf. That's for sure. Great.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it certainly did. Jack yeah, Nick- absolutely. the a great, the Golden Bear. You know. uh, yeah. round. Okay, guys. You know. Thank you so much. Put my website on, or put my email address on the, the yep. if anybody does want to contact and I'm trying to respond. Absolutely. We Thanks so that. much. Yeah. Bad word. I will respond.
0: Yes, said, there you go. Bye. I love how you caught it. I, <laughs> I love <do>. it. <laughs> Thanks okay, again. Take you take care. Well.
3: Yep. Bye now. Bye-bye.